boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. Hopefully you've noticed that every time I do this intro, I try to get one word in right at the moment where the beat drops in my intro. If you haven't noticed, listen back to this one and the previous ones. But anyway, episode 190 with Jordan's about to begin, and I'm super pumped to have Jordan on this show because just like myself, he went through his own weight loss transformation and now does the same thing that I do where he coaches people all over the world to share his experience and passion for fitness and health and help those who struggle with weight loss. And anytime I come across someone like this, I get super, super excited to chat with them because most of the time, it's just getting to know somebody who went through the same thing that I did. And there's a lot of times in this interview, I'm like, yes, dude, yes, yes. So here it is, here's Jordan. Hopefully you enjoy it. Here we go. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me for the first time is Jordan. Say hello. Hey, how's it going? Awesome. So I like to start the show with some easy questions to kind of get things moving along. And the first easy question is, what do you got planned for the weekend? Uh, The weekend? Uh... Not too much. I'm going to be gone the next few weekends, so thinking this weekend's just going to be uh, doing some work, getting some writing done. Uh, Got to get some Black Friday stuff going on, so going through coaching applications, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, not uh, not too much going on this weekend. Awesome. So are you going to go somewhere for Black Friday or are you going to keep it online only? Uh, online only. That is nice. uh, that's about the last thing I want to do is go out somewhere on a Black Friday. Well, like I don't get nowadays is like because Amazon has their Black Friday deals, like why show up to a store when you could just like, you know, hop on your laptop or phone and buy everything you need? Well, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And it's super helpful because like last year was probably the first year I almost did all my Christmas shopping on Black Friday. I'm like, oh, this is easy. And then like Amazon delivers everything within like a week or two. You're like, boom, done. <laughs> yeah, every year I say I should start my Christmas shopping earlier, and yet uh, on Christmas Eve there's always something I'm picking up <laughs> for somebody. Nice. Um, are you a big fan of Christmas? Uh, yes, I am there a big fan of Christmas. Uh, not a huge fan of Christmas music, but uh, other than that, I do I do enjoy the season, although it's uh, quite cold here right now. <laughs> Um, I think the best I've seen a meme on Facebook the other day where it was like there's two people for Christmas time and it had like Buddy the Elf on one side and then uh, on the other side the guy from Game of Thrones where he's like and so it begins or whatever and I'm like, that's amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah I think it's earlier and earlier every year I, I know some of my clients like around Halloween were talking about oh the holidays have started I'm like what yeah. it's not even November yet I remember when the holidays started after Thanksgiving yeah definitely uh, so second easy question, what is the current book you're reading or listening to? I am actually reading a book called Models by Mark Manson. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but no. it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's would be in the, uh, the, the like dating category, but it's, you know, how to pick up, it's like how to attract better people in your life through self-improvement type stuff. It was recommended to me by, uh, by a friend and it's, I love Mark Manson stuff. So it's a, it's a really good book actually. Interesting. That sounds pretty good. Um, 
The next one is, what is your biggest pet peeve and why? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, there are so many of them. Um, I think the uh, probably the biggest one is people who are just unaware of things that are going around on around them. Uh, one good example is I was talking to a buddy the other day, and he said he was in New York, and he'd be walking behind somebody on the sidewalk, and they would all of a sudden just stop like no one else is around just stop almost run into him so you know i i don't uh i don't have a lot of patience for people who are kind of oblivious to uh to what's going on around them no fair enough it's like the same people that are on their phones walking across a, a street right, exactly. and they like hit somebody or just like yeah <laughs> yeah um so let's get this thing started with a quick intro of who you are what you do and how did you get into this industry in the first place yeah, so um, I have been a fitness and nutrition coach now for um, a little over four years. Uh, I specialize with working with people in fat loss and physique transformations, uh, sustainable physique transformations. Um, I kind of got into fitness uh, like a lot of people. Um, I kind of had my own transformation. I was overweight most of my life, uh, graduated college, and... Um, kind of decided that uh, wanted to be more active, wanted to get in better shape. Uh, it was actually because of a girl, if I'm being completely honest, but uh, I lost about 80 pounds and um, over the over the course of a couple of years. And once I kind of hit a point in my career where it was time for, uh, time for a transition, I decided I had this passion for health and fitness and I had, you know, it changed my life in so many ways that I wanted to kind of bring that to other people and help them, um, you know, experience the same type of thing that I have as far as not only, you know, looking better, feeling better, but also just the power that fitness has can change every, has to change every aspect of your life as well. And I really like coaches with stories like yourself because there's always more to it. There's this more depth into these stories. So I'm kind of curious, like, at what point in your life did you, like, realize that the weight became an issue and you had to, like, figure out a way to, you know, put your health, you know, as your first priority? You know, I always find that an interesting question because, you know, a lot of people can kind of point to this one big moment that, you know, it was awakening or a big awakening or open their eyes to just how unhealthy they were. And, you know, it was always something that was in the back of my mind. I was never really super happy with how I looked and being overweight and out of shape. And I was never a good athlete, even though I played sports, I was always, you know, the, at the end of the bench or the person in last or whatever. Um, so it was always something that was in that I, it was in the back of my mind, but I had tried and failed, I guess, so many times that I just, was I had gotten to that point where a lot of people get to where they feel like they just tried it all and nothing was going to work for them. And it, I almost kind of got into it a little bit by accident, actually. Like I said, there's, you know, this girl I was interested in and I kind of thought, oh, well, you know, she's not going to you know it, what it came down to was I was unhappy with myself. So I was kind of figured that she wasn't going to like me for the way I looked either. So I just kind of started becoming more active and slowly started seeing results and that, whole thing kind of just snowballed into getting to a point where like, holy crap, I can actually do this. And that's when I started kind of prioritizing things and seeing just how far I could push those results. No, fair enough. And another question I wanted to ask is like, cause we have very similar stories. Like I used to be over super overweight and lost 60 pounds myself. And mm -hmm. 
anytime I'm on a podcast or someone's talking to me about my story, like when I like start really thinking, because like now I don't really think about that time in my life anymore. I almost kind of like suppress those memories. But yeah, when I start yeah. like opening up about it, like all those old feelings kind of came back. And mm-hmm. uh, most recently I was talking to another person about it and I like realized for myself, I'm like, when I was like at my heaviest point, I'm like, I was pretty depressed, like as an individual. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious, did you ever go through like a spell of depression or anything like that? Um, you know, I, depression is something that I've dealt with on and off, um, my entire life, never super severely, but it's always, it's been something that, you know, other people in my family have struggled with. And I, so I kind of grew up around that, um, you know, thinking back, I, I can't really point to too many like specific instances, but I always knew that there was, you know, like, I certainly comparing back then and now I certainly was not nearly as confident as I am not I nearly have such a positive and upbeat outlook on things as I do now compared to back then in you know, my late teens and early twenties. Um, yeah, I, I can definitely say that there's definitely a stark contrast to, yeah, I was, I was kind of happy. I had friends. I, you know, had this, I developed this personality to kind of compensate for, you know, my insecurities about being overweight, but there's, but that, you know, you talk about that and looking back, there's definitely a stark contrast in comparison to, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, the overall happiness that I felt on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And like, I like bringing topics up like this because not a lot of people feel comfortable talking about it. And there's so many people out there that deal with these insecurities and like, you know, just weight loss in general, you know, when you get a new client, they're like, Oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. And you're like, why? And they keep giving you like those superficial like answers until you kind of like peel back all those layers. Like there's some deep shit going on. And I think like people just need to open up and start the conversation that, you know, you have feelings and it's okay. And maybe like this next question can kind of lead into like when you're coaching clients, like, do you ever get to that point where you start peeling layers back and kind of figure out their core reason why they want to lose weight? Yeah, I definitely encourage, you know, when somebody's struggling for most of us, just the, the desire to look better um, or even feel better isn't enough to push us to do some of the things we have to do because for a lot of people, they don't know what that feels like exactly. So you're chasing a feeling or you're chasing a look that you don't know exactly what it looks like or what it feels like. Um, So I do think it it is very important to dig down deeper into, you know, the whole reason behind things. And like you said, with clients asking why, but you know, another thing I thought about when you were, when you're asking that question is a lot of it, you don't truly understand until you actually experience it. Like for, you know, people like us who are overweight, most of our lives, we don't really remember a time where we weren't overweight, where we did have more confidence, where we were happier. And uh, one of the things that come to mind is a client who I've been working with now for, for over a year. And, um, you know, she's seen good results. We've actually gone through both the cutting and, you know, muscle building phase. And she made this comment to me as she said, you know, my results haven't been, you know, spectacular. It's not a great before and after, but I'm happier than I've ever been in my entire life. And that I think is not something you can really quantify even in a why until you experience it for yourself and have that realization, like, holy crap, this, you know, this is, this is really different. And I like it. Yeah. The experience is huge. And like, you know, 
one of my questions that I sent to you earlier is like, there's a lot of coaches that get into this industry where they were really fit beforehand, right? Mm -hmm. Like they were probably like high-end athletes that just didn't make the pro. So they were like, oh, you know what? I'm going to start training athletes. But Mm -hmm. I think we all know that when you decide to go down that route, you're going to be training general population unless you have like an in with a sports team. Right, yeah. And like it's an interesting topic because like a lot of these fit coaches might not have the same maybe empathy, for example, to a client that's, you know, mom of three, just trying to like move and feel better compared Mm -hmm. to like, say a coach who's gone through a whole struggle of weight loss. So I'm kind of curious, do you think that you kind of have the advantage compared to a coach has been fit their entire life? I, you know, I thought about this question. I said, I would hesitate to say it gives me an advantage. I do feel like you said it, it, it does allow me to empathize a little bit more with my clients and give me better understanding for where a lot of them are coming from. But I think where the advantage in there lies is that allows me to develop a stronger, deeper relationship with a lot of my clients who, you know, we, where we share similar past experiences. Um, and I've had a lot of clients that have said to me that, that that's one thing they do like about me working with me and my stories because they feel they can relate to me better and I can understand what they're going through, which, you know, has helped deepen that client's coach relationship, which, you know, is an advantage for both sides for clients. It can, you know, that, that relationship can become a huge factor in their success. You know, when you have that person you connect with on a deeper level, you know, you want to work harder for them and you know that they're going to work harder for you. Um, but it also has an advantage for the coach because when you build that great relationship with clients, those are going to be the clients that are going to stick around with you longer and are also going to be the clients that are going to, you know, refer their friends to you that are going to help you grow your coaching business. So yeah, I do think that you're being coming from the background that I have, with my own personal story has allowed me to create, you know, a deeper connection with clients. And I really think that that is the biggest advantage. Yeah. I think the big thing, like you said, is like being relatable too, right? Like right. the ha- the fact that you have your own struggle and story, but even the stuff that like as coaches post on social media matters to the potential client or the clients you already have. Like mm-hmm. if you go on Instagram and you're following a coach that all he or she does is takes shirtless selfies probably not going to be relatable to like the everyday person that you're trying to attract. But, you know, if you change the way you kind of present yourself, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, I, I, I would agree completely. And um, yeah, it's certainly, and that's one thing too, that I do a lot of writing. My background kind of comes from writing. That's how I kind of got started just doing blogs and stuff like that. And one of the things that a lot of the people who follow me on my Instagram or my Facebook or whatever say that they appreciate, you know, how open and quote unquote vulnerable I am with a lot of the stuff I talk about. And I do like to talk about a lot of my struggles because like you said earlier, that's something that those are things that everybody goes through and to try to like hide behind this, um, perfect Instagram life. Like you see a lot of people doing, I think it's, it's not only doing a disservice to your clients and the people who potentially want to work with you, but it's doing a disservice to yourself as well. For the clients that you coach, do you ever like mention to them that maybe following certain individuals on Instagram is probably not the best way of motivation? No, I, I really don't do that because Mm -hmm. it's, I, I, I try to focus, you know, 
on what I'm doing. I'm not going to, I'm not one of those who's, who spends time arguing on the internet about various things. Like I, can, I saw a post in a group yesterday about a new study on carbohydrates that, come up and there was I think a thousand comments going back and forth on arguing I like to focus on what I'm doing what I'm putting out there to potential clients to the world and then what the people who are coming to me for help um, need help with and if they ask me about something I'll, I'll give them my honest opinion but I'm not going to go out of my way to kind of to you know tell them to steer clear about certain things unless I come across something or they tell me they're doing something that I think is extremely detrimental to their progress Sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up too is like motivation, and mm-hmm. I, f- I find it like really interesting because like a lot of people that start their fitness and health journey for the very first time, they have like all the motivation in the world, but then it starts like fading out. So how do you kind of keep your clients kind of on the right track, and you know they don't let that spark or like fire inside them kind of fade out too quickly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, motivation. That's that's an interesting topic because a lot of people come to coaches and say, you know, I need somebody to to motivate me. But I think as you know, you and I both know, motivation is kind of kind of a fleeting thing. The biggest thing that I want to focus on with my clients is building those easy, sustainable habits at the beginning, um, because you know, as we know about habits those are the things you do whether you realize them or not. And most people are overweight or out of shape because they have developed bad habits over the years that they just do subconsciously without thinking about it. So the biggest thing I want to focus, especially early on, especially with people who maybe have struggled in the past is just focusing on little habits, things that they can do on a daily basis that even when you're not motivated, it still makes it easier to do the things that they need to do in order to be successful. Dude, yes, like the small things matter. Like I was chatting with a client the other day where, you know, he wasn't feeling like he's progressing, but I'm like, you got to look at this past year, what you've accomplished. Like it might not seem big to you, but for me, it's like, it's huge. Like um, this guy goes to Disneyland every single year. And this mm-hmm. year was the first year where he did not pig out on like churros and all those other things at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of weird. Like I didn't feel the need to like, have six i had just one and i was good to go and i'm like dude that is huge you've been going to disneyland every single year and you would follow the same bad habit of overeating and this year was the first time you never did that like that's going to add up at the end yeah exactly i you know thanksgiving's coming up this week and you know so many of my clients are talking about you know what should we do what are we going to do for thanksgiving should i should i track what should i you know just what watch what i eat what am i supposed to do and a lot of the things that a lot of them say is that you know i'm not you know i'm not going to worry about hitting my macros or anything like that but i know just from just from being on my program that i'm much more conscious of what i'm eating how much i'm eating than i have been in the past which i always celebrate as a huge victory because you know, I, I don't want clients to have to, you know, stick to a rigid program forever, but it's those little type of habits that are what are ultimately going to help them sustain the progress that they see for the rest of their life. Most definitely. Um, going back to kind of like the very beginning, you're saying you've been a coach in the industry for about four, four and a half years. What were you doing before you became a coach? 
Yeah, I was actually I was working for uh, a baseball team here in the in the town that I live in, doing like operations and and sales and marketing and that kind of stuff. It was actually someplace I had um, I had worked for you know since I was like fourteen. Did my internship there, uh, started working there full time. Kind of found out I wasn't uh, real great at the sales aspect of it, and ultimately got uh, let go for you know performance related stuff. So that's kind of when I made my you know transition. That's when I was finding my love for fitness and um, made that transition into you know helping people lose weight and get in better shape and change their lives. And I love it infinitely more. Like when you left that other job, did, did it almost feel like the weight kind of fell off your shoulders and you kind of like found your passion, what you were meant to do in this world? It, it took me a bit. I, okay. I dabbled back and forth in, in some other things and the one common denominator and everything of it was was fitness, and I eventually I was just like I had you know followed enough people online and felt that I had learned enough stuff and had enough people who were like asking me like oh my gosh what have you done that I'm just like okay this seems like the natural route I should go and so far it feels like it seems like I've made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's so cool where like I've had a couple people on my show where you know, they were an accountant for 10 years and yep. absolutely hated it. And then, you know, they always would go to the gym. People would ask them advice and they're like, you know what? I think I should just do a complete career change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times it was kind of scary for them, but in the back of their head, they knew it was kind of the right thing to do. So it's kind of cool to see more people kind of falling into those lines. Yeah. And especially to the point you mentioned there, the more and more I do this whole entrepreneur online business thing, the more I realize that the stuff that you're most scared of is probably the stuff that you want to pursue the most. So when you got into fitness and health for the first time, like, did you start training people in person at all? Or did you go straight to the online kind of realm? Um, I did both. I started like writing blog posts and then just started a WordPress site right away. But I understood too that I probably was best the best route for me to go uh training people in person first and so i did that for a few years Uh, i actually stopped taking in-person clients about a year and a half ago a little over a year ago yeah so um but yeah i did i did them both uh to start just because i knew that right from the beginning online is where i wanted to be uh right from the get though get go um but i also wanted to get that in-person experience as well Yeah, I think that's super important because I think a lot of newer coaches nowadays, they look at online training as like, oh, that's what I got to do. But if you don't have like experience with an actual individual in person when, you know, if something doesn't look right in their squat, like how are you going to correct that if you just are online? Like there's so many little things that you don't think about that happen on the gym floor that's really hard to correct online. Yeah, exactly, and especially if the only person you've ever seen do a squat in person is yourself. Well, that's not a whole lot to uh, that's yeah. not a whole lot to go on as far as helping clients correct their own their own uh, form as well. No, definitely. Um, so, kind of going into how you coach clients, like what do you believe in when it comes to nutrition? Like, what do you kind of you know blast out there? What do you want your clients to follow, or do you kind of just tailor their kind of eating habits to how their lifestyle is? Um, the biggest thing I, I like to focus on is is flexible dieting and, and a macro-based approach just because, you know, I've done a lot of different approaches and 
coach clients a lot of different ways. And just from the results that I've gotten with my clients, I've found that that really gives them the most freedom to be able to eat in a way that fits their lifestyle, but also will help them reach their goals. And it's, I mean, I think, you know, probably there's, there's a learning curve to counting calories and tracking macros at the start, but you know, you help, you know, and that's the beauty of one-on-one coaching is being able to help, you know, simplify the process for people and getting them to a point where they are choosing the foods that they want to fit their macros that are also helping them lose weight and build muscle. And ultimately it's creating this nutritional awareness that is going to help them be successful for the rest of their life. Because you know, I, I like counting macros. I'm kind of a little neurotic in that I like to count out everything I have, but I tell clients that the goal is not for you to have to count everything all the time forever, but creating this awareness about how different foods work and what different foods have as far as protein, carbs, and fat is going to allow you down the road to be a little bit more relaxed, to go out to eat, to go on vacation and not completely blow out your diet or your results. Like I like tracking in general because like if you get a new client if they never tracked in their life it kind of becomes like a real like eye opener because sometimes people mm-hmm. think they're eating enough they might be actually under eating or most likely overeating right. and you know they track a couple days and they're like holy shit like I've been overeating for my entire life almost so like I kind of like using it as like a learning tool to just show them where they're at currently and if they're not all about you know tracking every single day maybe just you do it once a month just to see where you're at and see if you're actually getting to where you want to be right yeah and so much of it is about just kind of tailoring tailoring the approach to what is going to to work best for the client and um you know, ultimately what's going to help them get results in the long term is giving them something that's flexible enough that they don't feel like they're being deprived or, you know, restricted and, you know, just have a fuck it day and that turns into a weekend and turns into a week and all of a sudden you have to start all over. So it's uh, the biggest thing I found is just creating enough freedom there that you can still enjoy the foods you eat while also, you know, seeing progress as well. Another thing I'm kind of curious about is like, what are a couple questions you get constantly from clients and what's a question you wish clients asked you? Oh, let's see. Questions I get constantly. Um, one would be, does meal timing matter? Would be, would be one of the more common ones I think I get. Um, and, you know, still to this day, I get uh, get questions, you know, oh, I thought I thought I'm not supposed to eat carbs after 6 p.m. Or <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, I thought carbs, carbs were bad. And uh, so those are those are the, the two, probably two of the most common ones I get a lot. Question I wish I got more. Let me think here for a sec. I think I think the question I wish I got more was not necessarily does meal timing matter, but how do how is this food going to affect my performance? You know, especially when strength and resistance training are involved, because that's something that you know I dive I dove into a lot more here over the last year is just um, you know how different different meal timing protocols and stuff can affect your your performance. But that's something that I really try to educate clients on. Um, but it is one that question that I wish more people would ask i guess okay yeah like what i what i've noticed is that you get those like same questions over and over again and like 
you know, in your head, you're always kind of like better yourself. You're trying to learn more information, but like everyday people, they kind of just need the basics over yep. and over and over again because there's so much shitty marketing out there that's like putting fear into food and then people just like don't know what to do. It was like yep. maybe last year or the two years before they were just saying how coconut oil is the worst thing for you and people are all confused like, oh, wait, I thought coconut oil is good for me. And you're right. just like – just stick to what you're doing. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about all the noise it's making onto the internet and whatever else you're following. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of it too is, I think it's just human nature for us to want to be able to fit things into this nice, neat little box. We want to be able to have somebody tell us this is bad and this is good. And this is what we have to do. And this is what we should never do. And 99% of fitness and nutrition falls into that gray area. There is very little that is absolutely bad. There is very little that is good for everybody. It's all going to fall in the middle. And for a lot of people that's overwhelming and because it, you know, there is a lot of information out there and trying to decide and decipher what is good for you is probably one of the biggest reasons that so many people struggle yeah and i think like dude, this is where it goes into like food and just eating in general becomes so like such an individual thing like you have to find what works best for you so mm-hmm. like like a lot of times when i get a new client they'll ask me like oh so what do you think of intermittent fasting or about keto or like this thing or that thing and i'm like well it all kind of depends like yeah. Can you can you do it for the rest of your life? Like that's why I kind of lead them to is like, can you do that way of eating for the rest of your life? The answer is no. Yeah. Maybe it's not the best approach. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, you know, I'm not a huge fan of of keto, but it is something that I'll admit there are benefits to. And if somebody thrives on that type of structure, then go for it. If that's what's going to get your results and it's going to allow you to maintain those results for as long as you want those results, then more power to you. I don't have to, I don't have to like it. It just has to be, you know, one healthy and two get you results. I think how I brought up that topic of pet peeves, I think the keto diet is one of them for me. Like <laughs> so many people are talking, like, I just want to throw punch people when I hear it now. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's necessarily the keto diet. That's pet peeve. It's the people who are on the keto yeah. diet. That is pet peeve, yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to eat chicken wings baked and like, Bacon grease. I'm like, awesome. You're eating like an asshole. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I think that's a that's a whole podcast in and yeah. of itself. But yeah, like I think a lot of people just jump on the trends, right? Because like, yes, yeah. Like at the gym I'm working at right now, like we have a lot of members. Like we're, I think, just over 400 people now, and you know they see someone on Instagram promoting a supplement to put you in ketosis a little bit faster. And they're like, oh, yeah, so I'm just going to eat fat now. And I'm like, well, fat has, like, a lot of calories. And Mm -hmm. to actually stay within your caloric value, like, you're going to be eating, like, just a tablespoon of peanut butter. (laughs) Like, like it's really difficult. Like, keto is a really hard diet if you really think about it. Yeah, because most people look at it and they think it's, oh, high protein, high fat. No, it's actually pretty low protein, extremely high fat in comparison to, like, something like paleo. Um so yeah, that's that's. I think that's another funny thing is you know not to turn this into keto bashing session, but a lot of people who are doing keto actually aren't on keto. They just think they are. Yeah. Well, like, 
I can't, I was talking to somebody about this and I'm like, to actually know if you're in ketosis, like the most accurate way is actually having blood work done. And they're yeah. like, what? I'm like, yeah, like it's pretty tough to know if you're in ketosis. And like some people will bring up like, oh, you can like pee on those strips. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not as accurate. And like, you know, you're having trouble fitting vegetables in every day. And now you're telling me you're going to go pee on like strips to make sure you're in ketosis. Like, right, think about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, that's the one thing that's also kind of a pet peeve of mine is like a lot of people, like general population, like they want to achieve like sustainable weight loss, but rather than like following a simple and basic protocol, they have to find the most difficult thing out there and think that's going to work. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's difficult to, once you get into it, to sustain, but on the surface, it looks super simple, like, oh, like low carb, oh, cut out carbs and you're good, or keto, just eat super high fat and barely any carbs, and that's it, but uh, once you get into it, that's when the realization comes, like, oh, shit, this is a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um... Whereas, whereas an approach like, you know, counting calories or counting macros, yeah, it's a bit of work up front, like any new skill or habit you know, when you start, once you get into it, you realize like, oh, I can have a day where, you know, I go out to eat and have a cheeseburger and fries and I can still lose weight. You know, that's not something you should do every day, but if, you know, that's something that can be a consistent part of your plan, but it requires a little bit more work up front. And that's not what a lot of people want to hear. Yeah, most definitely. And maybe this next question is going to be a very loaded question, but I like asking this to different people on my show because everyone has kind of like a different answer to it but you know why do you think most people fail at sustainable weight loss i think two of the biggest reasons are one consistency and another expectations i i think maybe that goes to why people struggle to see progress but once you know there's a lot of different plans that can you know will get you the results you want if you can stick to keto or you know intermittent fasting or low carb or whatever you want to call it there's a lot of different ways to to skin the proverbial uh, weight loss cap but i think what a lot of people forget about is what happens after they get these results because that's kind of the other half of the whole weight loss equation you go on these extreme or restrictive diets or you know maybe they're not even that extreme or restrictive and you go on this for a certain period of time you reach your goal and then what a lot of diets or fad programs they don't teach you anything about what comes after what how to maintain those results the after diet diet so to speak so you know what happens is many people either go back to eating the way they were before or they keep trying to maintain what they're doing, but ultimately realize that I don't want to eat this way for the rest of my life and then go back to doing what they were doing. So I think, you know, often the most overlooked part of any fat loss program, any diet is what happens after you reach your goal. And this is where I think, you know, the, the topic of sustainable weight loss comes into play because with a lot of different fad diets or restrictive programs, it's not actually teaching you anything. It's just telling you, okay, do this until you reach your goal. And then good luck. You're on your own type of thing. A hundred percent. And like, I think the thing you said that's really important is like expectations. Like <laughs> I think subconsciously everyone thinks that when they start working out and eating a little bit better, that the end result has to be a shredded six pack. Like you see on a cover of a magazine, 
when in reality, like, that takes a lot of hard work and dedication yeah, exactly. to get to that point. And maybe a realistic expectation is, like, fitting in the jeans you haven't worn in a decade. Like, mm-hmm. that's more realistic. But I think subconsciously everyone's just, like, thinking, like, oh, I'm working out and eating better. Boom, I'm going to be shredded, no problem. Yeah. And one of the common things I hear from clients, especially early on before they've, you know, had a chance to experience the program and, you know, see longer term sustainable results is, you know, they, they're happy with their weight loss, but they wish it was faster. And this is coming from people who are losing like a pound or two a week. And I'm like, you realize potentially in a year, that's 50 to a hundred pounds. Like that is a huge chunk of weight losing one to two pounds per week. And, but this expectation, you know, like you said, we see these, unrealistic expectations on the cover of magazines or blogs or whatever. And people believe that, you know, these results are going to come fast. And I think part of it too, is we live in somewhat what now is an instant gratification type society where pretty much anything we want, we can get it as fast as we want it, but that's not going to be the, uh, that's not going to be the case with, with weight loss. And um, yeah, I think a lot of the, the, the frustration people, uh, have with losing weight comes from just these unrealist, unrealistic expectations, you know, like thinking that you can lose 21 pounds in 21 days or anything like that. You know, I tell clients all the time, ultimately they can't control what the scale is going to say one day to the next. We only have so much control about how our bodies are going to react to what we eat and whatnot. There's, you know, just a finite amount of control we have over that, but things we can control is our efforts and the execution of a plan. And if you're taking care of that, if you're doing the things that you need to be doing consistently, then the results will come just normally not as fast as we think they should come. Perfect. And I think that will be like a perfect spot to finish this interview and ask you the last and very last question of the show is where can people find you online? What projects do you have coming out and what anything else you want to plug on my show you can right now yeah uh people can find me uh mostly on instagram that's where i spend probably too much of my time uh it's just jordan poggle jordan with an e uh also my facebook um you can friend request me on my personal page uh my website is jordanpogglefitness.com i have articles up there uh, a few different ebooks that are available for free i have a fat loss course that if anybody wants to check out they can do that that's on there as well and uh as far as what i'm working on uh really trying to make 2019 the uh the best year ever as far as number of people that uh that i'm helping number of people that i reach so really going to be focused on putting out a uh a lot of content uh, um you know if anybody is interested in jumping on my email list i email out multiple times a week with different tips and and stuff like that uh but the biggest thing i'm working on is a uh is a new 12 month transformation program and really what i want the focus of this to be is giving clients giving people every single thing they need to not only achieve the results they want but be able to do it for the rest of their life to never have to worry about, you know, losing weight or building muscle again, that they learn everything that they have to in order to you know, be able to achieve any results they want for the rest of their life. And I think, you know, that 
results, you know, true meaningful results take time. You know, you can get, you can lose a lot of weight in 12 weeks or six months or anything like that. But for those changes to really sink in and for you to really realize the magnitude of how everything works together as far as, you know, lifting weights and building muscle and losing weight and diet and how all of that fits together into your lifestyle, that takes a little bit more time. And that's why I'm aiming to put together a full service 12 month transformation program to really show people everything that they need to know in order to be successful at health and weight loss and fitness for the rest of their life. Awesome. So thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Yeah. Thank you, my man. It, uh, it was fun. Okay. So that's going to wrap up episode 190. Holy shit. 10 episodes to go until we hit 200. You guys are freaking amazing for supporting the show. So make sure you hit the show notes of this episode and click the link to add me on Facebook. I would love to have each and every one of you on my friends list. So then you can also see videos that I produce, blogs that I write, and any other random shit that I post that's not related to health and fitness. And make sure you share, 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 share this podcast with your friends and family so we can grow this thing as big as possible to reach more people and help people all over the world. And if you have any suggestion for guests, feel free to reach out, email me, message me anywhere on Facebook or Instagram, and I will listen and I will bring that guest on this show. Until next time, you guys.